Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leader's podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards, along with Engineer Bill and Project Manager Whitney. And we're into May. It's it's May. It's time for May flowers. We're finished with the April showers, I'm hoping. And we've got another great program today with the leadership lesson coming up a little later on. And I'm going to talk to you today in today's leadership lesson about development of your leadership capacity. Ooh, that ought to be a lot of fun. And I want to tell you, there are three stages to that and three things to identify as far as identifying your leadership capacity. So I'm looking forward to that. We're focusing on entrepreneurship some in the month of May with all our content from Clear Vision. We'll be passing along entrepreneurship type things for you as we proceed into the month of May with Better Than Before, our podcast. Hopefully you're downloading it. And you're leaving us a positive review when you go to listen to our podcast. And also, you're hitting the subscribe button. That way, you'll be notified every time we download a new episode. You'll get a little uh, identifier telling you that a new episode is ready. So if you hit subscribe, you won't even have to worry about anything. It will be downloaded F-R-E-E free to you. (laughs) All this for absolutely no cost. Can you believe it? So today we're going to be talking uh, in our opening segment. We like to talk about a few current events from time to time and what's going on in the world today. A lot to talk about. This week we're going to talk a little bit about Netflix and Disney. So Whitney, what do you got as far as Netflix and Disney? So one of the things that has been going on is that Netflix has recently exceeded the expectations of their first quarter, adding over 4 million new subscribers, giving them a total of 125 million paying subscribers worldwide. Yeah, I wish I would have invested in Netflix about a year ago. Uh, It might have been around December 2016. Their stock was around $95 or around 100 and at last I checked, it was over 300 So it's tripled in about uh, 14 months or so. It's gone up 60% this year alone. Wow, there you go. So one of the great misses by me. Me too. And not investing in Netflix. But who knows? I guess it could still continue to go up. Those technology uh, companies um, are called FANG. And that is Facebook, Apple, Netflix, and Google. So... FANG is a big acronym in the stock world. Yeah, so Netflix also added nearly $10 billion in market cap since reporting earnings a few weeks ago. At $143.1 billion, it's roughly $8 billion below Disney's $151.3 billion. What's interesting, too, is that you know Amazon provides streaming through Amazon Prime, and I use that quite a bit for watching TV. I also use Netflix, but because Amazon has Amazon Web Services, 
Netflix, which has this huge lead on the streaming side, I'm not sure anybody will be able to catch them unless they really screw things up, but they have to use Amazon's pipeline in order to stream to you. So Amazon still wins Hmm. because they're providing the pipeline to get Netflix to you through the internet. So even though they may not be beating them in streaming, they're still winning because Amazon has to use them. So in other words, if Netflix is the pork sausage you want to have for breakfast, Amazon is the plate. For every time you dish up sausage and you put it on a plate, Amazon is the plate that gets served to you. It's going to be difficult to get ahead of Amazon also. Right. So when did you start using Netflix? Netflix, let's see. I'm a fairly early adopter, so I was I was early on when they mailed me DVDs in the mail. So I started using them when they had their subscription model, when you get three DVDs a week, and uh, then you mailed them back and got three more or something like that. I forgot about that. Yeah. They still do that? I don't think they do that anymore. No, actually, they? I think they do. Oh, do, do they? Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't get that service anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Um, I started using streaming probably about maybe five years ago, four years ago. It's hard to remember. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around 2013, maybe 2014. Yeah, I was thinking five years ago. Yeah, I cut my cord with cable probably 2012. Do you still have cable, Tony? Dish Network. So I have Dish Network Satellite, and then I have Roku Box, and I have Netflix, I have Amazon, and Hulu. Yep. Hulu, I could probably kill that. I don't really use it that much, mm-hmm. but I use Amazon Prime and Netflix quite a bit, actually. Mostly, I use Amazon Prime for the latest movies and for the latest television shows that are on network, so I can watch them when I want to watch them. Then I use Netflix for their original programming more than anything else. But there are a couple of evergreen shows that are on there that I watch, too. But I don't watch a lot of movies on Netflix. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't either. Most of the movies that they have out, I've probably already owned that I want to see. Since we're talking about Netflix today, we decided to come up with our top 10 list of the Netflix shows that we watch. And so uh, they don't have to be original uh, Netflix programming, just the top 10 shows that we watch uh, on Netflix. So who wants to go first with their list? I will go last. I'll go. So these aren't in any uh, specific order, but uh, the... One that has gotten onto my radar most recently is their rendition of Lost in Space, which is their original series based off the the old Lost in Space TV show slash movie, which is what I remember it as. Space Family Robinson. Danger, Will Robinson, danger. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if either of you have seen it yet, but it is, it's very good. I'm a couple episodes away from finishing it. I'm probably going to do that tonight. I haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, I always remember thinking that it wasn't quite up to Star Trek. Oh, no. Nothing can beat Star Trek. Yeah. And so I thought it was a little on the goofy side. Yeah, it's not as goofy as I hear the original show was. Oh, you're going to step all over my childhood memories now. (laughs) Don't do that. It wasn't goofy. It was very interesting and very cutting edge for the time. Well, for a Netflix original, it's also very cutting edge in terms of its graphics, like for the production value that they can do there. It's, okay. well, I probably it's enjoy that. quite beautiful. I'm also a fan of their original series, Jessica Jones. They just came out with their second season of it, and I binge watched that within like two days. So that was pretty awesome. 
I love superhero shows. Stranger Things is another one that I'm very interested in. Uh, Grey's Anatomy. I like having shows that have a ton of seasons. Grey's Anatomy is kind of my guilty pleasure show. I've probably seen all the way through about four or five times. And just as a reminder, it's over 15 seasons long at this point. Wow. Yeah, probably 25 episodes per thing. Walking Dead. Another one is West Wing, The Great British Baking Show, Merlin, Sherlock, and I like their comedy specials. Very good. Okay, I'll start with my favorite, Mad Men. I know that's not a Netflix original, but that's the only place I've seen it. Longmire, Archer. I don't know if you're familiar with Archer, Tony. That's different than Arrow, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it kind of the same or? It's FX animated sitcom and dysfunctional group of secret agents. Oh, okay. It sounds funny. Master of None. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's a Netflix original. Mm-mm. Are you familiar with Aziz Ansari? No. He was on Parks and Rec. I'm not familiar with that either. Okay. <laughs> Stranger Things like Whitney. And here's my guilty pleasure. It's Trailer Park Boys. Not familiar with that either. If you like juvenile humor, then that is definitely the place to get it. Okay. Episodes. Oh, my God. That's one of my wife's. That would be on her list. (laughs) She's the one that told me about it. And, uh, yeah, it's really good. However, it did not make my list. (laughs) Go ahead. Detectorist. It's a British show. And The Inbetweeners. That's also a British show. And Schitt's Creek. I've seen it on the option list, but I haven't actually watched any episodes. It's pretty good. It's kind of the the opposite of the Beverly Hillbillies. So the Beverly Hillbillies came from a small town into oh. Beverly Hills. Well, this is a family that's very wealthy, and then they become not so wealthy and end up in a small town called Schitt's Creek. That's interesting. Yeah. So those are my top 10. Okay. So I've got a couple of yours on mine. I don't think I shared any with Whitney, but here's my top 10. Number 10 is Gypsy, which has Naomi Watts as a psychotherapist who gets her patients to tell her all their innermost secrets. Then she inserts herself into their lives without them knowing about it. It's very unethical, which is what creates all the tension in the show. Number nine is Bloodline, which is about a family down in South Florida, which I really enjoyed watching. Number eight is uh, one with some local flavor, Ozark, about this um, guy who is involved in the drug cartel and he moves to the Lake of the Ozarks. Number seven is The Crown, uh, which is about Queen Elizabeth and her years growing up being the Queen of England. Still is, believe it or not. Number six is House of Cards. I really like that show with Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright. Number five... Now we're really going to get into my wheelhouse. Number five is The Ranch with Sam Elliott and Aston Kutcher. They must have followed my father around for a couple of days to get the character for Sam Elliott because watching him in The Ranch is just like like my dad. Is that right? Yep. Number four, I share this one with Bill Longmire. So it's about the sheriff in Wyoming. And uh, number three for me is Breaking Bad. I could watch that anytime, anywhere, any day. If I'm bored and I don't have any selection, I just put an episode of Breaking Bad on with Brian Cranston, who I think is a fabulous actor. Number two, I share this one with Bill, is Mad Men. 
So I could watch that over and over and over. And number one for me on Netflix, which is my go-to fail-safe whenever I need a laugh or some humor or I need a, to get into a better mood, The Andy Griffith Show. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Is number one. If life could just be like Mayberry, everything would be all right. <laughs> they don't eat a lot of sushi in Mayberry, so that's why I can relate to it. So those are our top 10 shows for Netflix from the three of us. So that was good because none of our lists were really that similar. No. Mm -mm. So that, that gives our listeners a lot of different show options uh, in case they're looking for something new to watch. And maybe uh, we'll start watching something new as well. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I wanted to ask you was that I saw a TED Talk recently with Reed Hastings, the Netflix CEO, and his leadership philosophy really piqued my interest. He said... I pride myself on making as few decisions as possible in a quarter. Sometimes I can go a whole quarter without making any decisions. The idea behind his philosophy is that he wants to create a sense of ownership in his employees, and he does that by sharing all the information across all ranks so that way they can have a sense of responsibility and it empowers his employees to do things on their yeah, own. Yeah, about two years ago, Harvard Business Review had a story called How Netflix Has Changed HR. A fabulous article talking about the Netflix culture, which has really propelled a lot of the growth of their organization. And Reed has done a great job as CEO of pushing down all the decisions except the the most highest important ones. And when he talks about only making a couple of decisions per quarter, that's that's pretty good for a CEO at that level. That way the organization manages itself through the hierarchy and the structure he set up and the big decisions are left to him. I know a lot of CEOs who'd like to get to that point in their company. A lot of good discussion today on Netflix, another fabulous technology growing company. I'm interested in your favorite Netflix shows too. If you want to email those to the show, we'd love to see those at info at clearvisiondevelopment.com. If you can't come up with 10, just send us a couple of your favorite shows and who knows, we might draw from those emails and give you something back kind of interesting or a special gift or something. The uh, way you contact us is by email info at clearvisiondevelopment.com. We'll be right back after this. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Better Than Before. Tony Richards here. And in lieu of a special guest this week, something really spectacular is going on this Saturday. And that is, and this hardly ever happens, but Cinco de Mayo, which is always on the 5th of May, the fifth month, 
is coming up. And the first Saturday in May, which I'm very familiar with growing up in Kentucky, is when we hold the Kentucky Derby. And both of those events are happening on the same day. So we got double celebration this Saturday. We got the Kentucky Derby going on and it's Cinco de Mayo. So we're going to have competition between the mint julep and the margarita this Saturday and let the best drink win. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit that even though I'm from Kentucky, I'm not necessarily a mint julep fan. I typically maybe have one on Derby Day just to salute tradition, but not because I really enjoy drinking them. But if you like mint juleps, bottoms up, tip her on up and drink her on down. Probably will relieve the cold and flu symptoms you may be having. So it's the 144th race for the Kentucky Derby this weekend. And whether or not you like horse racing or don't like horse racing, a lot of people, even casual people, get into it because it's a big celebration. I was coming back from Florida in 2013. I'd been down there on a trip, and uh, it was a derby day when I was coming back. And all these flight attendants on the plane were scrambling, trying to find extra room to store all the hat boxes from people who are going to the derby. Because on derby day, part of the tradition, is big hats. Ladies wear the biggest, most flamboyant, decorative, floral arrangements, hats kind of thing that they can find. So get your big hat and uh, get ready for the Derby this weekend. I thought I'd talk about a couple of events in Derby history that uh, were pretty important. I'll tell you about three horses, one of them in the 70s and two of them in this particular century that a lot of people remember. Of course, when I was 10 years old, one of the most famous sports events and sports heroes in Kentucky was Secretariat. And I don't know if you've seen the movie. It's a pretty good movie. It's pretty close to the actual story. You might want to check it out. But 1973, Secretariat won the Kentucky Derby in less than two minutes. And what's interesting about that is only two horses in the history of the Derby have ever run the race in less than two minutes. And uh, it's a great trivia question if you know who the, the second horse is to ever run the Derby under two minutes. And it just so happened to be Sham. And Sham was the runner-up to Secretariat in the 73 Derby. So they both broke the two-minute record for running the Derby. It's the most exciting two minutes in sports. Secretariat finished not undefeated in the lifetime of the horse, but she finished in the money in 21 lifetime races. And I remember they brought her to a nearby town for a parade when I was 10 years old, and it was just awesome. Secretariat in 73. Barbero in 2006, you may remember Barbero, went into the Derby undefeated, and they thought Barbero was going to be the first Triple Crown winner we had had in a long time. But in the Preakness Stakes, Barbero broke her leg. And you may remember Barbero's very painful and sad experience of breaking the leg in the Preakness Stakes. And, of course, Barbero had to be put down after that. And then in 2015, which is only like three years ago, we had our 12th Triple Crown winner in history, which was American Pharaoh. 
And you may remember American Pharaoh from 2015. Now, also in the 70s, so we had Secretariat in 1973. We also had two really exciting races back-to-back in the 70s. So in the Derby in 77 and 78, we had Seattle Slough in 77, and we had Affirmed in 78, and they both went on to win the Triple Crown. So we had some outstanding horse races in the 70s. If you're thinking about betting this year, there are 20 horses in the race Here's the leaderboard going in. So if you want to research your horses and want to think about your horses this weekend, number one is Magnum Moon with 150 total points going into the Derby. Number two is Good Magic. Number three is Audible, (laughs) for those of you who like to listen to books. Number four is Noble Indy. Number five is Vino Rosso. Number six is Bolt D'Oro. Number seven is Enticed. Number eight is Mendelssohn. Number nine is Justify. Number 10 is Flame Away. Number 11 is Solomini. Number 12 is Bravazo. I like Bravazo. That's a cool name. Number 13 is My Boy Jack. Number 14 is Promises Fulfilled. Number 15 is Free Drop Billy. (laughs) Number 16 is Lone Sailor. Number 17 is Hofberg. Number 18 is Firenze Fire. Firenze Fire. I think that's how you say that. Number 19 is Combatant. And number 20 is Installed Regard. So those are the 20 horses in the leaderboard going into the Kentucky Derby. I, more often than not, will pick from the top five, but I always like to look at them as they're showing them or walking them. My wife, Anne Marie, is excellent at picking horses. She has picked, I forgot to keep up with it, but over the years, she has picked the winner more times than not, I promise you. So if you're looking for a drink this weekend, if you like bourbon, the official bourbon for the Kentucky Derby is Woodford Reserve. I'm uh, more of a Basil Hayden guy myself. If you're looking for that in case you don't want to maybe do the mint julep, have you some Woodford Reserve. And as my grandpa always used to say, don't drink it with soda pop. Yeah, drink it with branch water. That makes it better. So if you're checking out the Derby this weekend, have fun. Look at these magnificent athletes because that's what they are. They're professional horses. They get paid for doing what they do in sports, and that is the definition of a professional. So going into the 144th Kentucky Derby, have a good time this weekend. There's a race on Friday night in uh, Louisville called the Kentucky Oaks. And then Saturday afternoon, the Derby is run between 5 and 6 o'clock Central, 6 and 7 Eastern time. And you can watch that on TV, I'm sure. It's also Cinco de Mayo. So maybe you want to have a taco and some bourbon. I'm not sure. So enjoy the Derby this weekend. And I'll have your leadership lesson coming up next on Better Than Before. coaching tips from Tony Richards delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. 
Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. Tony Richards here. And it's time now for your weekly leadership lesson. And this week I want to talk to you about the development of your leadership capacity, otherwise known as growing yourself. And so you might ask the question, why is it important to grow yourself? Well, one of the ways I respond to that is because you want to develop capacity to respond to future opportunity. I'm sure that things are going really well right now. You have grown yourself into the position that you currently occupy. You're in a pretty good rhythm. You feel pretty good about things. Decisions are coming fairly easy to you and you've mastered some of the things at whatever level you're operating in now. But unless that's the level you want to stay it's important to develop your capacity because a future opportunity at some point is going to present itself and I always use the analogy if you come to me and ask me for something I don't have I won't be able to respond to you so if you come to me and say Tony can I have five dollars if I don't have five dollars in capacity in my pocket I can't give that five dollars of capacity to you and that opportunity so you've got to build up that extra extra capacity in your back pocket, let's say, so that when those opportunities come and present themselves, you can respond to them. And there are three major principles to consider as far as developing your leadership capacity. First is your current state. So your realistic understanding of your current position and capacity. So what are you doing right now and how is it challenging you? If you've gotten to the place where your current position is not challenging you, as I described earlier, then you probably have a great opportunity to develop yourself for that next level up that may be coming down the road. If you've just moved in to a new position, you may be in the position where you're just now getting a handle on it and you're getting your arms around it and it may be a little big for you. But over time, you're going to work your way right in there into a real comfort zone. And we all know there's no growth in our comfort zone. So step number one or principle number one is to have a really strong understanding of your current situation. Number two is how much of yourself are you prepared to give? And I always think about that famous story of the world famous concert pianist who plays the piano just wonderfully, plays wonderful concertos and all sorts of great piano pieces. And the person comes up to them and says, I'd give anything to be able to play the piano like you. And the pianist turns around and says, I doubt it. Because that pianist has given way more of themselves to the piano than any of us could possibly realize. When we sometimes see people in their latter stages of mastery, we do not see all the practice and hours of toil and repetition that they've gone through in order to get to that position of mastery. It's really easy to watch the Olympics and watch those skaters do those great routines. And we're looking at the finished product, but we didn't see 
all those days and nights of practice and all the times they busted their butt on the ice and all the times they messed up the routine in order to get to that perfection. So principle number two is you got to ask yourself, how much of yourself are you willing to give to growth? And then finally, principle number three is how big can you dream? So the capacity that you need to develop is going to be at least equal to or greater than your biggest dream. So whatever size your dream is, you're going to have to grow into it. All of us get to our dreams in life in stages and in growth cycles. You just have to map it out and plan it out and ask yourself, how big can I dream? I would then suggest that you put that whole dream down and then look at it in stages and cycles and how many steps and stages am I going to have to go through in development in order to reach that final product. Once again, those three stages in developing your leadership capacity are what's your current state, in your current position and your current capacity. Number two is how much of yourself are you willing to give and willing to put toward the development that you need in order to go where you need to go? And number three, how big's your dream? Some of us, myself included, we can dream pretty big. So you have to be prepared then to put in just as much as you're willing to withdraw. So that wraps up our podcast for this week, Better Than Before. Don't forget to download Better Than Before on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Be sure and leave a positive review. It helps us out, and you will have done something nice for us. And also hit that subscribe button so that every time we release a brand new episode of Better Than Before, you'll get a notification, and you'll have it right there ready and loaded up to listen to next time. For producer Bill and project manager Whitney, this is Tony Richards reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.